Hi, I'm the Green Army. Oh, hi, I'm the Blue Army. And welcome to, you the Blue Army, yes. Uh, and welcome to Organise Fun, the board game podcast, where this week we've been playing Risk 2210 AD. As usual, business first. Right. Oh, no, no, That was the most excited face uh, for business. Uh, said we we're going to look up Shady Torby, uh, the person who made on the universe. Oh, yes. Um, oh. Their Wikipedia page is in French. So, so it's French. Well, no, so losing my limited French knowledge, I know that they were born in Germany, <laughs> so Shady Torby is German, um, and looking at the list of games that they have made, uh, the the only rim, the only verse games are the only ones on that list, but my French was not good enough to work out anything else about them, even whether they are a man or a woman or anything. <laughs> oh, <okay. Okay. laughs> so, oh, no. there you go. Shady Torby remains a mystery, much like the, you know, the, the, universe. Yeah, the universe itself. Mm. So, that's quite fitting. I wonder if they did that on purpose and were like, no, I don't want any legible information. I want to maintain an air of mystery. Mm. Um, you know, we did our minisode about the ultimate rule book. Yes. Oh, my God, you're looking like you don't remember. I can't remember, but yes. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> I forgot about expansions in the Ultimate Rulebook. You know, we were talking about the order oh, of those things. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yep. sometimes when you get expansions, well, in fact, all the time, the expansion comes with a separate rule sheet. And so when you've got a lot of expansions in a game, you end up having to flick, okay. Yeah, all the extra rule books, yeah, for the expansions. So there's yeah. this rule for this bit, but is this part from the expansion, so I need to look in this booklet, etc. Right, no, surely it should just be this is the expansion, this is how these cards add in. Well, yes, but you know how sometimes if you need to check something, <laughs> well, you you do, yeah. Yeah. Well, then you have to know which expansion that element comes from and look in the relevant well, book. It's probably designed for people that just gets the odd extension for a game that they played very well and not by millions of them like you do. So. Uh-huh. Anyway, so <laughs> what I was thinking, going back to our idea of the ideal rulebook, is that when there's an expansion, it should come with a new version of the rulebook that's all together. So it's like how to set up the game and this expansion all in one. Because you're only going to have the expansion if you've got the base game anyway right well i don't know some people might get confused true but if well then they deserve not to be able to i play don't it. think there's yeah but then people would be like well i bought all this expansion but i haven't got it says in the rule but i should have this and i don't have it i think it just gets a bit confusing then okay all right then well you know that's my ideal rule book um i am going to say mahaban to listeners in the united arab emirates hello to you um and now i know this is kind of old business but i keep forgetting to mention it you have screen spiel business oh okay <laughs> yeah okay well, you could have warned me um <laughs> Um, you can find my podcast it's not called Screen Spiel anymore it's called Books We Watched so if you have listened to Screen Spiel search on Apple Podcasts for Books We Watched and just talk and us through why Why did you rebrand it's easier to say and it's a bit more obvious what it's about okay cool it hasn't actually changed all it's changed its name and, yes. and it's artwork okay so if you're slightly confused if you have followed it then it's called Books We Watched now okay thank you um, listener Tony as been on. She saw a picture. She's been of, on what? <laughs> been on at me about oh, this. Uh, she saw a picture of you. She saw a picture of me. Yeah. Right. In one of the pictures. Yeah. She was like, "Oh, I've done well for myself." As in me. <laughs> you like oh. so. <laughs> She thinks you're all oh, right okay. looking, I guess. What picture was it? Can't remember. Well, from one of us playing the games? No. Oh, okay. But, well done. So there you go. You were all right okay. looking, according to listener Tony. <laughs> um, something awful's happened. I bought an expansion for a game.
name that you don't have. No. Oh. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> that you've uh, already got. No. And the cards are different sizes. Oh, no. So well, It doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, but mixing them together is awkward now because you can't have a single deck because some of them are smaller. What game is it, can you say? Bucket of Doom. Oh, that's all right. Well, still, it's annoying. It's like, I have, if they've done it on purpose, they should get in their own Bucket of Doom. Uh, if it's an oversight, they should also get in their own Bucket of Doom because that's just silly. Why, why would you not make the cards the same size so you can mix the two together? That's just dumb. Bad, bad, bad. Final bit of business. Do you remember ages ago when I was trying to make some sort of diagram or chart uh, to categorise these games. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I had lots of different failed attempts, which Mm. I will edit in here as a flashback. I was talking about trying to draw some sort of diagram uh, to kind of chart all the different game categories and stuff that we've got. Right. I have found this process incredibly difficult and annoying. (laughs) So I'm going to talk you through my failed attempts. Uh, Initially, I thought a Venn diagram would be the way to go. Um, And I'll put pictures of all my failed diagrams, of which there are many. So... I started with my Venn diagram, look. Isn't it oh, pretty? Oh, yes, very nice. Um, but there were too many crossovers, and each one is made up of three. Like, each game has three intersections. The game mechanic, how you win, and the types of players. And it just was too complicated. Mm. Couldn't do it. So then I thought, okay, let's about, why not some sort of mind map type <laughs> situation? There you oh. go. So each game was like a, a pod on your mind map and then you had all lines linking them to the types of game that it was. However, I didn't want any of my lines to cross. Oh no, yeah, and it doesn't look very good. That was my downfall because it's impossible for the lines mm. not to cross. Mm-hmm. So that didn't work. Then I thought, well, I've got three variables, right? How can I plot three variables? So I thought an XYZ graph, a 3D graph. Uh However, it looks pretty. Yeah, it's very complicated. But labelling each blob on that 3D graph meant there was writing overlapping all over the place and you just couldn't read it. And my art skills, they just overlapped and you just got a huge mess. Mm. So then I thought, okay, it won't look as pretty as uh, a, a lovely diagram with lots of lines and stuff, but just a table, right? A simple table. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a column for each game mechanic along the top. And then down the bottom, you have, uh, like down the side, you have the uh, like win conditions. And then you colour code each box depending on whether it's like cooperative teams or whatever. Mm. You'd think that would work, right? Mm, no. no. Too many crossovers. So, for example, I started merging the cells. It's so like Arkham Horror card game, yeah? It's a it's a living card game, but it's also a storytelling game. So I merged that box, but that meant that LCG and storytelling had to be in columns next to each other, right? But then you had others that had to be next to each other because they cross over, and it wouldn't work. It did not work. Well, I have finally found a way to do it. Well done. Right? Inspired by no other than the London Underground tube map. Okay, right. So, remember, the problem was that there was three variables. And so loads of different tables and diagrams and shit wouldn't work. But the London Underground has 
three variables. You've got, right, zones one, two, three, four, five, six. So where they are, you've got the color of the line, train line that they're on. Mm. And you've got the type of station. Yeah. Right. So those are my three variables. So my stations are color coded whether, so each game is like a station. Yeah. And if it's gray, you win it by scoring points. If it's black, you win it by eliminating the opponents. And if it's white, you win it by uh, fulfilling a mission, right? Okay. Yeah. And then the zones are like how you play it. So there's like a team zone, there's a competitive zone, there's a cooperative zone, and there's a solo zone. Yeah? Right. And then the lines are the game mechanics. So there's like a deck building line, and all the stations on that are deck building games. Except... So hang on a second. What is this diagram supposed to achieve? Do you remember ages ago we <laughs> did our mini set on game types? But is this instead of the spreadsheet? No. Oh, well, what's the point? But this is like a... Oh, okay. Just in different categories. Yeah. So you would look at a game or a station and be like, oh, what's this? Well, it's on the deck building line, but it's also on the strategy well, line. You can have a written <coughs> diagram to say what it is, but if the spreadsheet won't let you play it, then what's the point? <laughs> I could be like, oh, I really want to play a game that does this. Oh, it's on your diagram. And then you'll be like, well, it's not on the spreadsheet. You can't play it. So... Yeah. This, is just a, this is just a visual a visual representation. Which you can do nothing about. No, but I feel a sense of satisfaction because I was struggling to come up with okay. a, a visual way to do it, but okay. now I have. Right, so yeah. thanks, right. London well Underground. Done. Obviously, I'll post my picture um, because I've done it with every game that we've played on the podcast oh, so far. Right. Okay, that's fun. And I'll keep updating it, but I will post a picture of it uh, with this episode. And that's all the business. <laughs> As I said, today we've been playing Risk 2210 AD. It's your turn to read the box. Oh, man. Right. Risk 2210 AD. I was going to say that's not far off, but it is. It's quite far. (laughs) Who will be the new world leader? The world is at war. Shit. As the leader of one of the warring factions, you control the destiny of your people on and above the earth. You must marshal your forces, send forth your troops, hire the right commanders, and crush your enemies. Spoken like a true (laughs) war orator. Build alliances if you dare, but also be wary of those who you call friend. Spend your enemy wisely. Spend your enemy. Oh, sorry, energy. (laughs) Enlist the right commanders with the right commands, and you can gain the power you need to conquer the world and beyond. Commanders have their own strength and weaknesses that can change the balance of power. Includes all pieces to play the classic Risk game. Devastation markers make game board different every game. (laughs) Make a game board? You sound like someone who English is is not your first language. That's how they've written it. Really? Devastation markers make game board different for every game. It doesn't say make the game board. No, it doesn't. That's not me. Maybe English is their second language. Okay. Um, just trying to see what it says about um, age oh, and stuff. It's on the front of the front. Age 10 plus, 2 to 5 players. There you go. There we go. Thanks. Risk. So basically, yeah, it's risk. You've got the map of the world and it's divided into territories and you have little men, uh, robots in this case, that you shunt along and attack other people's territories. The the main difference is because we're in the future, there are underwater territory, I almost said underground, underwater territories, and you can also colonise the moon as well. I'd like to play original risk one day. 
Okay. Is that Napoleon or something? I, yeah, their outfits are all very French cool, looking, like aren't they? And stuff. Yeah, because you get horses and cannons, don't you? Yeah, I would like to play. Dolly yes. Um, yes. So there you go. And this is unlike normal Risk, where you just play until everyone else is dead and you conquer the world. This is a very definite, you like a definite end. It's a five year war, so you have five rounds to just conquer as much mm, of the world yeah, as possible. That's quite so good. you know it's going to end. Yeah. Your government prescribes one session of fun per day. Um, right, because we only had two players, uh, we had like a third sort of neutral faction that kind of just occupied various spaces on the board, and they didn't fight, they didn't move, but we just had to defeat them to conquer their territories. But the game starts with you taking it in turns to place your men in the empty territories on the board. Did you have a tactic with where you put your men at the start? Um, not particularly, you just sort of put down whatever you can, or try and fill up like a continent mm. as much as possible. Yes, because you get bonus points, don't you, if you own all of yeah. the continent or all of the territory. Yeah. So you just try and fill it up as much best you can. And uh, so I was trying to be a bastard. So when you put men down in South America, I'd put oh, a man down in South yes. America. I know, very nice. <laughs> and every time I did it, you made this kind of noise like, oh. <laughs> but yeah. you never did it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did a bit. Um, yes. So that was my territory to try and to, to, to kind of to kind of stop you from getting full yep. full continents. Play to win. Another sort of difference then that this this risk has is the idea of commanders. These are like special troops that are in charge of certain areas. So you had a naval commander, a, a lunar commander, a land commander, diplomat, and a nuclear commander. And they gave you sort of special powers. They gave you the ability to have like action cards, didn't they? And they also had a better dice in the fight. So obviously when you fight, you roll a six-sided dice. But if you've got a commander involved in the battle, you get an eight-sided dice. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think of the commander element? I wasn't really that bothered about it. I, you just sort of get... It's a good thing to have if you are playing tactically, hmm. but I'm just trying to fill up as many continents with my people and yeah. battle as possible. So I wasn't really paying that much attention to the commander's stuff. But I, just, I mean, so the main... Obviously, they gave a bonus, and there were a yeah. few times in the fights where, like, one of us help. rolled a seven or an eight, yeah. which is unbeatable if you've not got a commander of your own. But also, the main draw of them is... Without the lunar commander, you cannot go to the moon. And without the naval commander, you yeah. cannot go under the water. I should have got them, because I could have got some underwater territories. Yes. I could have gone to the moon. I didn't get to go to the moon. I got to the moon. I stayed in Egypt. I, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swept over the moon like nobody's business. <laughs> I am going to buy my naval commander. You can't go there because you haven't got your water, man. I am going to spend three quid to get my spaceman invasion time because I've got my space commander back. <sighs> These guys are going to the moon. Well played, spaceman. Okay, so at the beginning of each year of the war, the beginning of each round, you sort of bid for who goes first and you spend, you like spend a bit of money um, with who goes first. Yeah. Obviously, I never bid anything. Well, no. Because with two of us... I suppose it doesn't it matter that It doesn't really much. matter. Yeah, but I wanted to get there and start... Fight. I don't know, I just wanted to go first. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. It does help, because then you get your people and you get to, like, battle stuff, whereas you're sort of on the back foot if you... True. Sort of, if someone went first... Actually, I went first every time. Yeah. 
So like, uh, I don't know. I think there is. But imagine I think it does help if you go first. Yeah, if you if we were playing with more people, if we had five people, oh, I suppose I'd definitely start bidding. Because imagine if you were last and all the other four yeah, people had gone else first, had like beat you up. Yeah, you might find yourself completely conquered yeah. before you've even had to go yeah. do so anything. So it's worth bidding to do that. Yes, um, definitely. You're reminded that enjoyment is compulsory. Now, another thing you can do with your commanders then is get these action cards. What sort of action cards did you have? Do you think they made a difference to the gameplay? Mm, yeah, some had like add extra troops and stuff, didn't they? Yeah, and you have to pay, not only do you pay money to buy these cards, but some of them you have to pay to use. I only ever used my free ones because I spent all my money on buying the cards and then didn't have any money left to use mm. the cards. Um, do you think they were game changers in any way or just kind of nice little mm, add-ons? Like nice little extras, but not so much that they, you're going to win if you have loads, mm. I don't think. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. adds something else to it, really. I don't know if you have cards in the original Risk, or you must have something else in the original Risk. I don't know. Like, but three extra horses, or... There are Napoleon territory cards, aren't there? backwards or something, I don't know. There's territory cards, and each card has either a man, a horse, or a cannon. And if you get three of the same, you can swap them for a man, a horse, or a cannon. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's I like getting ex- basically, it's getting extra troops. The more people you have to fight, the better. Yes. And I think the cards, again, are just sort of an extra bonus for having the commanders. So you're like, all right, I've got my naval commander, so I might as well buy a naval card and yeah. see what I can do with it, kind of thing. Um, so that was good. I'll buy a land card just to see what it does. Reinforcements. Play on your turn before your first invasion is declared. Place three MODs, one each, on three different land territories you occupy. Mm, I'll buy a land card just for whatever. I have stealth MODs. Place three additional defending mods when someone attacks your territory. Well, I'm going to pay one quid to do this and assemble mods. Play on your turn before your first invasion is declared. Place three mods on any one land territory that you occupy. Frequency jam. Uh, You can't play command cards. Naval reinforcements. Place three men, one each, on three different underwater territories that I own. Okay, if your space commander is still alive, get plus three. Mm. If your diplomat is still alive, get plus three. Oh, you've won. Now, obviously, the main part of your turn is attacking other countries and stuff. Did you have a strategy with where you attacked? What well, you did? Talk, same... talk me through your game plan. Well, you just sort of want to sort of spread across the board as much as possible. So you sort of gain a whole continent, and then you move to the next nearest one that you can get, and sort of spread your people. Yes. In a, like from left to right, from A to B, sort of thing. So yeah, you just sort of spread out from where you are yeah. as much as possible, not trying to be too thin on the no. numbers. No, and that's a problem. I've written burnout. <laughs> so yeah, like, it is a bit. so I tried to establish. So I had my little base in my. Corner of Australia, and then I kind of tried to spread from there. And obviously, you want the more men on the outside of your territories because that's where people can attack. But that meant I left loads of my territories with just one little man guarding it. Yeah, and there was one turn, one round, wasn't there, where you broke through my front line and then just killed all my little individual men and kind of took over my. Yeah, but I ended up with just one person in all of my territories by the end. Yes, just got like completely taken over. And I wonder if there's any way around. It's such a short game that you either don't progress very far 
far, yeah. say if you kept like four people on each thing, mm. you wouldn't get very far because you've only got five goes. True. You're only adding like three or four people every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess it's. But then if there's more people playing, it would be like not enough room on the. Like, it'd be rammed on the board, wouldn't it? With like five people and like yeah, all their troops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it so could be quite. I think yeah, two people is a bit different. Yeah. And I mean, whilst we did have a third of the world occupied by the neutral team, mm. and I I found that quite strategically useful because I could leave a territory that was next to the neutral team with only one man because the neutral team can't attack so I was just shoring up where I bordered with you not where I bordered with the neutral team Yay, I've taken over the Amazon desert You have Okay, I'm going to leave it Too many are dead Time to do some invading Two guys to attack the Browns in the Aboriginal League I'm going to send four people to attack you in United India Stam mm. <laughs> so I'm going to send one dude from here just into Microcorp Let's see, I'm just going to send one to see if I can whittle down mm. some of those there no. Time to attack shit. I'm gonna send one dude into Akara. I'm gonna send my attack squad into Neo Tokyo. Well, I'm just gonna take a crack at these browns. Oh dear. I'm gonna be a dick. And then let's try and get you out of here. Can I get across here? You can. Right. You what? <laughs> oh no. Yay, I've taken that back. Shit. One and one. Oh, God. Yes. Cleared me out. Yeah. Let's shore up here for, a <laughs> <laughs> for an ass kicking. Yeah, do you know what? Let's send the boys forward to attack again. Oh, shit. Hang on. I killed the moon. Uh, who are you attacking? Oh. How, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot I owned places up there. Where are these little bastards? Get to shore up my little underwater colonies. Let's go attacking shit. First of all, I'm just gonna swarm my men across the moon and just take the empty ones. I'm not gonna fight anybody. I'm just gonna come on, lads. Let's have Egypt. I'll send three of them into the Saharan Empire. And do you know what? I'll send one just to take the Ivory Reef. Oh, you own all the yellows, right? Yeah. That's a big one. Five extra. Do you know what? I'm just going to put them all here. <laughs> Prepare my invasion force. It came from beneath the sea. Right, I'm just going to send one into Nova Brasilia because I can. So I also put another sort of strategic element, obviously, was having the moon and the sea. So the more territories you own, the more men and energy you get each turn, yeah? Yeah. So really, because when you start the game, you can only put men on the land, all of the moon and all of the sea are unconquered, pretty much. So the first person to get their lunar commander and their naval commander and start going to the moon and under the water can just basically sweep up all these empty territories without having to fight for them. And so I've put kind of, if you're the first to the moon, and the first under the sea, you're kind of almost bound to win because that's just easy territories you're getting up. 
Mm. Don't you think? Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. And because, so, you can only go to the moon and under the water if you've got those commanders. Mm. So I went to the moon, but because you never got your space commander, no. my moon territories were never contested. Just once I'd got them, uh, yeah, I'd had them done, forever. Yeah, I should have got moon people. Same with under the water. So I had uh, the bit between Australia and India. I had those three water territories. But because you never had your water commander, no one ever fought me there. So I was just like, yeah. I own this now, what are you going to do? So I think you definitely need to sort of have the moon and the sea sort of in your head. I know, yeah, but it's difficult (coughs) to keep a track on all of them. Yes, true. A full workforce is a one workforce. Combat was nice and simple, wasn't it? Yep. You just roll, roll some dice. dice, whoever gets the highest kills a man. Yep. Um, so that wasn't any sort of big issue. And it was nice and quick. Like, I didn't... It wasn't... No, I thought it would be longer, actually. Yeah. It wasn't that complicated to do. You just move around, try and conquer as many. And, I mean, on your turn, I tried to conquer as many as I could. Like, I wasn't really thinking tactically of, like, oh, I should save some men here just in case. Mm. I was just like, right, let's no, sweep across the for as much yeah. as I can and hope I defend myself when you try and sweep yeah. sweep back. Please make sure you hit your fun quota. The only other thing I've made a note about is the place names. Obviously, because we are in the future, uh, it's quite an interesting outlook of what the world is like. Some of them are the same. Oh, weird names. They've so still got Siberia. They? Japan still exists. Uh, but here you go. United India Stan. Obviously, that must oh, yeah. be Pakistan and India joined yeah. together, right? Um, there you go. England is called New Avalon. Yeah. Well, on the moon, you've got the Sea of Crisis, the yes. Sea of Nectar, Sea of Serenity, and Aristotle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the Straight Wall, <laughs> whatever that means. Is it just normal world on the real risk? Yes. Is it literally just like a proper actual map? Yes. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought that was interesting. That's a nice sort of. Uh, well, it is 2210 AD. True. But do you want to know a nice little secret? Well, it's well, not really a secret. But so, some of this ties into, you know, Risk Legacy that we've got? Yes. So, the Enclave of the Bear, it's that's on well, one of the it? teams, one of the oh, armies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same with Khan Industrial. Well, that's set in the future as well, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, they do, you know, it's nice that they tie into each other. It's you almost can get like. a different risk, can't you? You can. You can get. Um, well, there's loads. It's like there's Monopoly, like, really. Yeah. There's loads of risks. There's Walking Dead risk. That'd be cool. We've got Lord of the Rings risk, so it's a map oh, of yeah. Middle Earth rather than that. actual Earth. I think I swear I've seen like Simpsons risk or something. Oh, Maybe yeah. Not. It's one of those it's again. One of those it's ones, one of those generic things that yeah. you could make anything out of. What would be your your ultimate your ideal risk set? I don't know. I like. I like just want to play the original. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have it based like on any. I keep saying Napoleon. Why not even be Napoleon? No. Yeah. Does Doctor Who risk exist? Yeah. What are the, is it? Planets or is it? I think it's just Daleks taking over the world. Ah, uh, okay. Right. Fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. I know the Star Wars risk. Yeah. Any kind of war can have a risk. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Walking Dead would be cool. Yes. I it's a map of. What, where are they? Georgia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can do whatever, can't you? Yeah. Depends what you want to take over the world. You can be like... Absolutely. Just make whatever world you like. I bet there's Game of Thrones. That's got a map on it. Oh, yeah. That must have. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Where else? Was fantasy Lab. Narnia. Nar- <laughs> Narnia. Who's taking over Narnia? Uh, the White Witch. Oh, okay. That little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. Cool. Well, what did you think? Well, yeah, we've played this a few times before. 
We have. So it was quite easy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good. One thing I like, so the box mentions alliances and don't trust your friends. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess... Well, are they could be like, oh, we'll both team up and get these Yeah, and like, I think oh, it was actually, five players. Are they encouraging sort of backstabbing deals? Yeah, but people don't really do that, do they? So. No, I guess. It's trying to make it sound more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not like it's a boring game that needs... No, it's like you can do lies. this. You can do this, but you have to do it yourself. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's, like, cards maybe that encourage such things... Oh, maybe like yeah, extra points if you like, team up or whatever. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Could be, could be. Yeah. Cool. Well, was this a win or not? Mm, I'm gonna say yes. I think actually. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, because it was quite easy. It's quite. It, there's a lot of pieces to it, but it's easy to set up. Yeah. And the turn structure is quite easy to follow. And it's different every time you play. True. Yeah, and actually, it's an easy one. Speaking of different every time, so you know those devastation markers you were talking about mm-hmm. that were on the board, on the box? Oh, yeah. Yes. So nuclear, basically, there's been nuclear war oh, and some yes. territories yes. are, like, radioactive and can't go through them. Yeah. Um, and they're obviously in a different place every game. So actually, I'm wondering, is there any place on the map where a radioaction, radioaction? radioactive thing would, like, block you off? Well, you've got the territories some of the countries are like linked quite you could pretty much get round wherever I think they're yeah. linked enough they're not so separate yeah, by yeah. sea or but whatever. I'm just thinking so for example if the top of South America or like Mexico was radioactive the only way between the Americas is to go under the water or go all the way through Africa and Europe you have to put a picture up of the map I have done I mean oh, okay. I've taken one yeah um, so yeah you could end up actually if with with bad luck on your side uh, a really difficult sort of game depending on where was radioactive yeah yes so that would be quite interesting mm. Yes. Well, okay. Well, that makes it 32.20 to the gamers. Hooray. 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 (laughs) Hooray for risk. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I've been Phil. I've been Mark. And remember, non-relinquent and arcaropercular. Thanks for listening. Bye, Ludophiles. (laughs) You are a bastard. Why? Now is the time when we stop. Good night.